Hey guys, before we start out, I want to say thank you to Alan Barr of Galenite Games for giving us the chance to try out his RPG, Heirs to Heresy, which is be currently being published by Osprey Games. If you, after listening to this, want like the idea of becoming Templars trying to survive while the world is trying to get at them, please consider buying it with the, sh in, with the link in the show notes. Anyway, I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Gordon D. Duke. H.P. Lovecraft Live, David Bellinger, Leona Coffing, Thranduul, Michael Merwin, Hellseth, Fairy's Tale, Struggle Bus, and Timu Halisharu. Thanks for helping us kick butt medieval style. So he just brought his sword down and it crashes into you and you kind of mm. stagger back. And he spins it around and then drives it right at your chest. Oh, perfect. So why why are you why are you, sh why are you shaking your head? I'm like just mathing if you're dead or not. Uh, what? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fanball Podcast Network, where today we have a special GM guest host thing. That those are words, right? That go together. You were you were starting so strong, know, and then three words in, it, you lost I, it. I'm really halfway through a beer, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, today we we have our special guest, Alan Barr of Gallant Night Games, to introduce introduce us to his games, Heirs to Her Heresy. Those are words, right? <laughs> I I don't know what I was thinking. Putting two H words, one that doesn't start with an H sound next to each other, because <laughs> it trips me up all the time. I regret it to this day. You should regret nothing. You are a fantastic. Let's pretend that we're creator. Cockney. Heirs to heresy, eh? Heirs <laughs> to heresy. My character's Swedish. I can probably go with that. <laughs> We've already heard the Swedish uh, accent, so no, Jesus. <laughs> it's as good as Dan's female accent. <laughs> female accent. Female accent. I know. I, female I, accent. Yes. I meant lady voice. Lady voice. <laughs> you decided to come here, Alan. This is your fault. I know. I I reached out. I yeah, said I'd like us. to be on your show. You would think I would have learned yep, after yep. all these years. All right. Uh, hey, I'm Alan Barr of Galanet Games, but today I'm here for my game Heirs to Heresy, which is being published by Osprey Games, and it's a historical fantasy role-playing game about the fall of the Knights Templar and what is truth, fiction, and all the crazy stuff around that. Are we PG? PG-13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. Easily. Easily PG-13. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I mean... I've had a few, on so... occasion, but we're on a bad day. Oh, please. We're like we're like a movie studio when we stuff... Like, we listen to our stuff and we're like, we need to cut some of this in order to get the PG-13 rating. <laughs> Excellent. We, we, we do cut a lot. We do cut a lot. All right. Uh, <laughs> So Heirs to Heresy is due out at the end of October from Osprey. You can order it online on any of the normal outlets, Osprey Games, Amazon, etc. It'll also be in big box stores like Barnes & Noble or your local game store. I love so, it. Go, love it. Go get it. <laughs> All right, there's my plug. All right. So Heirs And order early, supply chain. I'm sure everyone oh, has heard that yeah. elsewhere. Order but if you book people are hearing Yeah, that. If you want it, order it now, please. Um. And also, I get paid more the more we sell. So I'd like to do that. No, that's fair. Um, so, Heirs to Heresy is set in our world loosely. Um, obviously, anytime you're playing around with uh, conspiracy theories and the Knights Templar, our world becomes a a thing of nebulous dispute. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it starts in 1307 with the fall of the Knights Templar as their uh, Templar Chateau in Paris is raided by King Philip of France to seize their wealth and put them to the torch. And the players all play one of the last 30 Knight Templars who escape uh, under the cover of darkness from the Chateau pursued by the French. And on your way out, you take some of the treasures of the Templar Order. Now, what those treasures are is up to the GM. They could be just golden jewels. It could be crazy Gnostic magic writings from the Temple of Solomon or an idol of Baphomet. Uh, it could be a lot of things. It could be the Holy Grail. But uh, the game is designed to be a toolkit to tell your own historical fantasy stories around the Knights Templar. And the goal of the players is to get these relics to safety. So, every player is a Knight Templar. Uh, you are all young, new, initiated Knight Templars. Not uh, weeded on the field of battle. So, why don't we go through and have... I just took over your show. I'm so sorry. Do you have something else? No, to no, say? no. Please, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Just, it makes my job so much easier. You're please the captain now. <laughs> we, I just started talking, and I'm like, oh, wait. No, no, no. You're excited about... You're excited to do the... Keep talking. We're here to listen. This I is was, your game. I was more just worried that if I didn't step in, we were going to keep talking about accents, and I need to get rolling here. So. <laughs> you know Fanable well. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, each person plays a Knight Templar of uh, various origin, uh, wherever, uh, because this is historical fantasy. The only requirement to be a Knight Templar is you have to be Catholic. As long as you're Catholic, they're good with you. So uh, there's a couple of differences about the game. I'm going to run through so the players know how we're playing. Uh, the base test is handled by rolling 2d10. So you roll 2d10, you add your attribute and your skill. And if you equal or exceed the target number, you're good to go. Uh, but if you roll doubles, it's a critical. Mm-hmm. You have, on your character sheet, you have weapons that your character starts with and certain gear they already have. The weapons all have a special kicker effect. If you roll a one of the damage dice, they get a bonus. So your damage is never wasted. Oh, very cool. Okay. Nice. I like that. I like that. That's cool. Um, armor is armor reduction. Defense is how hard you are to be hit. I mean, a lot of the stuff is the character sheet is pretty self-explanatory. Um, one of the big things every character has is you have something called your crippling blow. And when you take damage after reduction that would exceed, equal or exceed your crippling blow, you have to check a condition. And there are four conditions. There is stunned, bleeding, broken limb, and dying. And when checked, each condition uh, has a different effect. And if you check the dying condition, you will then be dying. <laughs> okay. So Straight to the point. I like and if you run out of health every time you take damage going forward, you check a condition. Okay. 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 All right. So you can get knocked right to dying by a great hit and still have all your health, mm-hmm. or you can get worn down. Great. Right. Love it. Um, and the last thing is there are two types of enemies in this game. You have uh, mobs and fearsome foes. So, the way mobs work is, as a Knight Templar, you are one of the best trained and equipped instruments of warfare in medieval Europe. You have the best training, you have the best equipment money can buy, because the Templars have all the money. He invented modern banking, so along with that comes immense wealth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to represent that, mobs will not attack you. Hmm. Unless you fail a roll. Hmm. Fair. Fair. Hmm. Because you have armor. A mob is a peasant with a pitchfork. 
and like mm-hmm. 10 of them. And they know that if they try to stab the knight with a long sword and shield with a pitchfork, it's going to go south. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yep, yep. when you take an action, if you miss against the mob at the end of your turn, they will take an action for each action you failed. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Interesting. All right. But if you are successful, you can chain near infinite actions together and just mow through these mobs of nobodies as long as you're successful. Okay. Now, fearsome foes are the exception. Fearsome foes are as strong or stronger than you. And as such, they get to act in an initiative order with you. And when we get to a combat, I'll explain the initiative order. But... Fearsome foes can do what you do, and a lot of them have special rules that allow them to command mobs on their turn to do things out of the normal sequence of events. So, uh, we'll have everybody introduce their characters. We'll start with Jesus, and we'll go down to Daniel, and then we'll go over to Angela, and then we'll go up to... Your name says Gouda on the Zoom, but I don't think that's right. Uh, it's Billy. <laughs> that's right. Billy. All right. I was like, I was like I'm sure that's not your name. So I listen to Fandible, but I'm now drawing a blank that I'm on the spot. So, <laughs> excellent. No problem. Hey, guys, this is Jesus, and I am uh, playing Christoph Erlsen. I am Swedish, but I'm not going to do the Swedish voice, because apparently some people don't like it. I am the shield of the faith, because I'm very tough, and I I have a shield, and I like to use it. That, that's about Oh, so I have a beard, and I look kind of like a dwarf. That's why I picked this character. <laughs> All right, I'm Dan, and I am playing Angel de la Salmone, who is uh, Spanish. And that's about all I know about this character, other than they have a sword, uh, which I dig, a long sword, uh, and 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 uh, and chainmail, and a shield, which I ex- expect to, uh, to to be tested shortly. What? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why that would come up in a, a Knights Templar mm-hmm. game. Um, you're making weird assumptions, Dan. <laughs> Uh, hey, everybody, this is Angela. I'm playing Irene Perrault. Uh, she is a French member of the Knights Templar, uh, who, according to the art in the book, looks very badass and intimidating in her badass armor and a sword that's half as tall as she is. Dope. I love that piece of art. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's really it's good. Very cool. Hey, everybody, this is Billy, and I am playing Emar. He is new to the order, and he fights with a longsword, or if he wants, he has a two-handed longsword. Um, also, likes to wear a shield on his back. Um, Amar also was injured when he uh, early on in the battles, so his uh, neck is severely scarred, and there's a uh, almost like a lightning scar running up his face of burns. So when he does uh, speak, it is a little bit... Um, it's difficult for him, so he sometimes uh, tends to avoid it. Um, but other than that, and uh, other than that, he, his faith in the Catholic religion has never been shaken, even with uh, the, the Templar being dealt some pretty uh, heavy uh, casualties. I had to stop and look at the art of that description because I was like, "Is that in the description of the art?" <laughs> no, I, I, I've added a lot to this. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to role playing with Billy. It's fine. We're good. I'm excited. All right, so. Uh, you will all notice that your equipment kit is the same. That is because all Templars get standard issue gear. And this is something you are trained with and it's expected for you to be competent with in the course of your day-to-day and work. So, uh, the average day for a night Templar starts at 4 in the morning, give or take, with prayers and then chores and errands and then training and then prayers and then lunch and then 
prayers, and then religious study, and then training, and then dinner, and then prayers. Rather light, but I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah. And you generally go to bed around at 10. So you sleep about six hours a night. And the re- and the next 30 of your day is prayers. So, you are all Knights Templar. You have spent the last several months with your fellow knights at the Templar stronghold in Paris. Your daily routine, uh, it consists of prayers, training, both in horsemanship, martial and physical disciplines, theological study, and limited time for personal pursuits. Uh, on the evening of Thursday, the 12th of October, uh, you have all gone to bed after your evening prayers, tired and uh, ready to rest well for the following day. Your, your hope is to draw patrol duty around Paris, a job the Templar Order often fulfills in order to relieve some of the burden of the city watch. Uh, it's a good chance to stretch your legs, eat some better food than you normally eat here, and kind of enjoy being out among the city. Uh, however, in sometime in the night, uh, before the sun has risen, but before you would normally awaken, uh, you are all startled awake to the sound of uh, shouts, panic, and clinging steel. You can hear yelling uh, in the hallways of the chateau, uh, frantic feet running up and down, uh, and you're just not sure what's going on. Amar immediately jumps to his feet, and it's almost kind of just instinctual where he begins just, like, stripping off his, like, sleeping gown and everything and just throwing on his armor, uh, whatever he can do as quickly as possible before uh, turning to make sure his uh, his bunkmates are also awake. Uh, he reaches out with a foot and nudges one of them, uh, Jesus, and says, We got company. Uh, Christoph begins to wake up because he heard all that noise but thought it was one of his usual dreams of fighting in glorious combat in the name of the Knights Templar but realizing that it is in fact actual combat gets very excited and starts purely putting on his clothing I feel like before Catholicism came to to Christoph's family you were a Viking <laughs> I'm not you know what I cannot confirm or deny that statement <laughs> as I, as I, but as I do that I pick up a pillow and, th- and throw it at Irene and irene uh was was waking up she's not a complete derelict uh but uh, so she actually with uh her excellent martial prowess a pillow is thrown in her direction and she bats it away (laughs) (laughs) there's real bad guys outside nope roll initiative (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh he counts as a friend as a a fiendish foe doesn't he (laughs) And uh, Irene is also going to uh, be scrambling to gather her her gear, uh, of which uh, some of it has probably rolled under the the bed of one and hell as uh, she's probably bumping his bed as she's trying to get her stuff. Angel, uh, on the other hand, he uh, uh, you know here's the thing: uh, he's from Spain, where they really value uh, your siesta time <laughs> in the afternoon, and this schedule seems to leave very little time for those afternoon siestas. So when he sleeps, he sleeps like the dead. Uh, so it it takes probably a couple of bumps before he's like, what? What? Okay, wait, what? Intruders. Uh, and he's like launched like rolls off the side of the cot and uh and starts looking for his shoes 
Amar, uh, you know, has kind of gotten his chainmail down and he is moving. He has his chainmail on, but his like he's still in his like undergarments for when it comes to pants. Like they are PJ pants, if such a thing existed back then. Um, <laughs> so he, he looks like kind of like um, Scrooge McDuck waking up during uh, the the Christmas Carol and with a chainmail shirt on. And he pushes open the door slightly and peeks out trying to see what's going on. I love that of all of the Christmas Carol adaptations, it was the Scrooge McDuck one that we're going to <laughs> Well, I, I, I can only assume that was the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see, uh, behind, if there's a camera but right behind him is Christoph hurriedly trying to put on one pair of uh, pants with one, uh, his pair of pants with one hand while holding the shield the exact same time with the other. Just trying to... <laughs> And your historical costume person is laughing because pants don't exist yet. My guy. I put on my rag. My I put on a bag. I put on a plastic bag. Yes, it's a plastic bag. <laughs> my guy clearly is wearing pants. You've solved the problem. Good job. <laughs> there <guys>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> don't have pants, but we do have petroleum products. <laughs> Yay, history. All right. So, uh, yeah, Amar throws open the door um, and looks in the hallway, and you can hear shouting and cries coming down the hallway. Uh, and the from both directions. So, you, for some context, you are in the Templar Chateau in Paris. This is the literal stronghold of the Templar Order in the spiritual, uh, physical, and uh, military sense. Like, there is not a more central location in Knights Templardom than the Paris Chateau. This is where the Grand Master lives. This is where the vast amount of the wealth and relics are kept. Um, well, th- with that being said, uh, unless we would have orders otherwise, like we would know where to go, we're going. I'm heading off towards wherever the Grand Master would be located. Okay. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm, so, I'm hoping everybody follows along, but <laughs> yeah. Now you can step out of the hallway, and the stone walls are thick, well-built stonework with torches and sconces along the wall, kind of in their torch brackets. Um, you can hear cries from the north and the south. To the north, you know uh, that's where the stables are. Uh, you can hear more cries coming up from there, and you can, but you can see and hear flames coming from the south. And which way is the Grand Master? Uh, well, his chambers would be to the south. South it is. Yeah, south it is. There we go. Yep. Okay. So you all start rushing down the south hallway uh, towards the chambers, and you quickly come to a door that has been uh, damaged and is kind of hanging off one hinge haphazardly. Um, and you can hear the clang of swords on shields on the other side, the cries of wounded uh, Templars on the other side. I kick it open. Okay. Uh it doesn't take much effort because it is a broken wooden door. Uh, but let's uh, let's see how well it goes. So oh, we're going to have you roll a test. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be a might plus athletics test. 10, 13, 16. 16. All right. 16 exceeds the difficulty of 15. So you are successful in uh, breaking down the door. So... With some effort, you kick the door, and it takes maybe two kicks, and then it splinters and falls inward. Um, and you can see into a room. Uh, you recognize this room as one of the many sort of study rooms uh, that are kind of scattered throughout the chateau. Um, there are flames going up some of the tapestries that hang by the windows along the walls. 
Um, we got we got that full like Hollywood castle in flames vibe going on, right? The beams across the top are on fire, stuff like that. Um, and you can see uh, what appear to be Knights Templar. Some of them are wearing their uh, nightgowns, fighting uh, uh, desperately with their weapons. And they appear to be fighting uh, soldiers dressed in the livery of King Philip, the French king. There's no moment to hes- of hesitation to Amar. He's been trained to just, he sees his brothers in arms being attacked. He'll figure it out later. So he's just charging to try to defend some of his brothers. Uh, so give me a melee attack roll, Amar. Okay. And that's going to be a... Uh, a what? You have a melee attack stat on your sheet. Uh, plus six. There you go. And so it's 2d10. Yep. And then just plus six. Oh, I got a eight and a nine. So that is Ooh. 17 plus six. So 23. Very nice. All right. Yeah. So with a, dr- a dramatic sweep of the sword, you just rush up behind one of the French guards and just. And he just goes down. No questions asked. Great. Yeah. Um, um, the Templar you wreck you. Uh, you know, helped, aided, saved, uh, depending on who you're asking, um, is one of the Templar training masters uh, who has trained you, and he sees you, and he kind of grabs you by the, like, the, the collar area of your chainmail, and, like, Amar! And he sees the board he's standing there. Head north! Find the Grand Master. He went to rescue relics. Relics, yes. You will be safe. And he, like, charges back into the fray. I uh, turn back towards the others and just kind of, like, nod my head towards wherever, nor- like, the fastest way to head towards the relic storage. And I guess we're all just taking off. All right. No problem. Uh, so you all rush down the hallway. And uh, you you come around a corner and you find yourselves confronted by uh, a group of French men-at-arms. I charge forward with my axe. Okay. So uh, in com- we're going to be in combat now. This is a mob. So like I explained, as long as you don't fail actions, you can keep taking actions. So you get two actions, and then you get to choose who follows you in the initiative order. And nobody can go again until everybody's taken two actions. Okay. All right. Then I'm gonna, just going to do... So basically D10 plus my melee attack, right? Two uh, it's 2D10. Sorry, it's 2D10 plus my melee attack. Yep. Right? All, all rolls are 2D10, except for the damage rolls. So that is plus four. So that's uh, 17 for the first hit. Okay. That'll hit. So go ahead and roll damage. Okay. And with so, my axe, D8. Okay. D8 plus six. So that's 10 damage. Okay. So to represent how truly epic the Templars are, when you hit a mob, every point of damage kills a person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm literally cleaving people in twain, like through the side. Yeah, so this is almost anime levels uh, of bloodshed here as you, like, uh, some swings of your axe and ten of these men-at-arms go down. Sadly, uh, on the tenth guy, I got stuck on his collarbone <laughs> because I, I sadly only rolled an eight. Okay, eight will not hit the mob of men-at-arms, which okay. means they can take an action now that your turn is over. Great. Uh, who will be following you? Uh, Irene. Okay. All right, uh, the men-at-arms are going to take the one action they get. If you had failed twice, they would get two actions. Ooh. Um, and they are going to attempt to stab you with their okay. poorly made spears, because yep. these are, you know, French militia men-at-arms. Yep. Not renowned for their quality of equipment. Huh. All right, so what is your uh, defense? 14. Okay. 
And what is your armor? Uh, my armor is... Should be seven. Uh, it is seven, yes. Damage okay. reduction, yes, seven. Yep. It's the same for all of you, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. So, unfortunately, you are struck repeatedly by these spears. So, the mob of men <laughs> press forward, stabbing, and you have your shield up, and you're trying to absorb yep. the blows. Uh, I'm going to roll some damage here. Hang tight. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, what's your crippling blow threshold? I'm just curious. Just I want to know. Four. Okay. It's like- awesome. Uh, so, I think there's 11 Son points of, a- of damage. Ele- uh, what? <laughs> Which up. you reduce... By seven, so you only take four. Uh-huh. But, but four is your crippling brawl threshold, so yes, you have to check is. a condition as well as reduce your health by four. By four? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you took four damage. Oh, four. But first, I thought it was like permanent four. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Okay. four damage. Okay, gee. Okay, fine. That's fine. That's, no, that's fine. It's fine. It's great. And you're, you're stunned. I am stunned. Well, you can check any of the conditions if you want. Oh, you can check to bleeding. Die to die. <laughs> Dying. You don't, have, you don't have to go. You don't have to go in order. <laughs> oh, I, I don't have to go in order. No, nope, okay. You just can't check a condition that's checked. I'm just gonna go with stunned because that's... you know I got speared a lot. All right. Oh, and stunned is the only condition that automatically removes itself. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna be stunned that they actually hit me. <laughs> okay. Wait, they're French. How the? No, I'm what? not gonna go with that. <laughs> I, I was right. about to say it out loud, but then I remember Irene's right behind me, so I'm like. Mm. Irene, it's your turn. Two actions. Uh, I want to take my shield and just like start pushing all these these militiamen okay. aside, like push them out of the way. Sure, give me a roll, melee. Uh, so um, that is two d- uh two tens. Okay, I roll doubles. Nice. Critical 20. success. <laughs> Starting at twenty. Okay. Uh, Plus my melee attack. At, so 26. Okay. Jesus. All right. So uh, you charge forward with your shield, you know, bashing left and right. Um, and there is a mixture of men getting smashed into the stone walls. And there's a mixture of men getting tossed over the railing into the courtyard below where they fall yes. to their death. <laughs> um, and you have cleared the mob. They are gone. <laughs> because on a critical, you deal double damage. So it's just, oh. it's happening. So, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. You're welcome. I could have. Oh, I could have taken care. Of, oh, so much blood. So much blood. That's <laughs> why is that your blood? Amar like rolls his eyes and just brushes past you as we're moving uh, towards the relic room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Hell arrives just as the the melee is coming. He just finished putting on, on his last. Oh, with it. Oh, at least the way is clear. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, as you rush down the hallway, you kind of go down the stairs towards the ground level, you know, down. Uh, you uh, you rush, you run face to face with uh, uh, Jacques de Molay, the Grand Master. Uh, he's older; his beard is streaked in gray and blood. Um, it looks like it's not his at the moment. His uh, his Christoph. his, tem- his Templar <laughs> tunic is so red that you can't even see the cross on it anymore. The red cross, um, and his. His long sword is held in one hand, and it's just slick with the ichor of fallen foes. His eyes appear almost mad with adrenaline and anger, darting le- left and right to and fro, as though he is, you know, possessed or uh, driven by something. You, uh, you lot, follow me. We must get to the reliquary. Of course. So you kind of, yes, sir. And yeah. Uh, and as you're rushing, you pass uh, other Knight Templars engaged in battle with soldiers, as well as knights, uh, the, the French counterparts to, what are functionally you, 
uh, all wearing the livery of King Philip the Fourth of France. Uh, everybody, give me a battle roll. Okay, I so. got fourteen. Oh, I got 17. I got double tens, so I got oh, nice. I got twenty uh, twenty three. Crit, nice. That's an, uh, eight plus six, fourteen plus two until sixteen. It's zero in battle, so mm-hmm. okay. I'm more anybody of a talker. Who, anybody mm-hmm. who got a fifteen or higher is gonna get this. Okay. Um, nice. And contextually, in a longer campaign, a crit is how you get advancement points. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So the more you crit, the more experience you get. Nice. Cool. Um, okay. And there's a cap. You can never get more experience in a session than your faith or your intellect, whichever is higher. But, well, mm-hmm. well, I've already earned mine, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, uh, the two of you. Uh, th- sorry, I know. Uh, Kristoff failed. Irene, what did you get again? I got seventeen. Okay. So everybody but Kristoff, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Still as, bleeding. As you as you're rushing through the courtyard, you can look around, and you're training in battle and tactics. It is clearly apparent that the French are organized and they know what they're doing and why they're here. And the Templars are scattered, disorganized, and just struggling to put together anything cohesive, right? This this is the clear after effects of a nighttime ambush in your stronghold. How dare they? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, Dimole rushes towards the central cathedral of the chateau, uh, the main church going place. And uh, a French knight rushes to stop him, and he just grabs the knight by the hair and just bashes his face in with the hilt of his longsword, like yeah. and like kind of rides him down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And he like and like there's a sickening squick sound as he pulls the hilt of his sword out of the eye socket of the dead French knight. Ah. Jesus Christ I loves guess. you. <laughs> <laughs> a viscera of blood spreads across the wall, <laughs> um, and he kind of shakes it off, and mm-hmm. he gestures towards the. Uh, the chantry and rushes in mm-hmm. and we follow mm-hmm. yeah and he stops and he points at the door he's you four guard the door i must find the key to get us into the reliquary and he rushes towards the like the podium at the front of the chapel um i'm going to if uh, is there any pews in here some wooden pews yes i absolutely uh i'm going to grab one or two and what we're going to do is uh, there's also torches yeah, kind of like, yeah, like a barricade, uh, try to get this door yeah. as secure as possible. All right, so everybody give me uh, an agility acro- athletics roll to move these as fast as possible. And everybody who breaks a 15 will put one pew in front of the door. Okay, uh, so you mean quickness? Quickness, that's the word. Quickness mm-hmm. plus You athletics. make a lot of games, it's fine. I know my work. <laughs> I'm a pro. <laughs> and what what are we trying to beat? Uh, anybody who beats a 14 will put one pew in front of the door. Okay, cool. Exactly 14 for me. Okay. Uh, exactly 14, uh, wait, wait, actually, uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 14 exactly for me as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. 14 exactly. <laughs> All right, we one. barely put four pews. Yep. Oh, no, you had to beat a 14. Yeah, so, yep. no, we got one oh, we pew. Got one, oh, we got, we got one pew. pew. Yeah. Wait, we have to yeah. beat a four? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. boy. So, oh, nope. boy. All right. Oh. Yeah, so you, you I got no athletics. There... They're nailed to the floor. How can we move it? And then you right. see, oh, Christoph, Mars. our big old seven foot Christoph of like <laughs> Scandinavian Viking stock is like, ah, and Amar, our, you know, slightly smaller and more slender individual is like, pew. <laughs> <laughs> well, my faith is pretty high at being one and all. So <laughs> with a God, I can do all things. <laughs> um, 
and you know, Kristoff's over there muttering in like Norwegian about how yeah. apparently this pew is nailed to the floor with like <laughs> yeah. the, the nails that held Christ to the cross or something. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Um, speaking a little sacrilegious, apparently, guys. It's unintentional. My apologies. Okay, no, no. <laughs> um, so uh, as you put that pew in front of the door, you look and you see uh, three French knights arriving, each accompanied by a mob of men at arms. And so these French knights are fearsome foes, which means they are as competent as you are. So we are now going to experience the initiative system. Because I left my good tokens upstairs, uh, I have this bowl here. See? Hey, bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. My wife made it. For those for those listening in, it's a beautiful bowl, and his wife is an expert pottery artist person. Apparently. Okay. And I also have... <laughs> Seven tokens. There are three of one color, and there are four of another. These four represent you. Uh, so we have like a... They're wooden tokens. We have like a dark wooden brown and a light wooden brown. So these are the Templars. These are the Fearsome Foes. They go in the bowl. We shake it up. And every time we draw a token, you can assign it to whomever you want on that color side, as long as they don't have a token. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, some of these enemies have special rules that happen when they draw tokens. Okay. So, I'm going to draw a token here. Hey! It's a dark one. Yay! So, one of the Templar characters gets to go. Whoever would like to go can. Uh, I think Anhel hasn't actually done any combat yet, so... Yeah, and he, and he really shouldn't. And he really shouldn't. He, I'm looking at his stats. He's the talker. Do not make him fight. Um... But that said, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Anhel was coming up the rear, and that's where the knights were coming from. So he's going to uh, turn around and 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 try and uh, he's got a dagger in hand, so he's basically trying to to uh, dagger the the closest, um, yeah, the closest knight, I guess. Uh, so let's go ahead and try and do that. Uh, so I okay. guess I just roll uh, my melee. So, yep, and you get two actions. Two actions, so, right? So mm-hmm. let's, yeah. So he's like lashing out with his, uh, with his dagger okay. first. Uh, when we are rolling two d ten, nine and a five is a fourteen plus six is a twenty on the roll. Twenty, Oof. twenty will hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. Beautiful. So with a dagger, that's a d six. Let's go ahead and toss a d six on there. That is a four, and my melee damage says it's damage die plus four, so eight, I guess, total. Okay, eight. Uh, so you lash out with your dagger, and you connect the between the shield and the chainmail. The French knight's, you know, as tough as you are, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So you see some blood, but there's not much. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a scratch. Um, right. But so here's a question. So as I mean, we're kind of playing like you know uh, action action movie Templars here, uh, yeah. given your descriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there specific rules for like if I start with one with one weapon, I have to like use an action to switch, or can I just like have my mace in my no. other hand yeah. and kind we're of keep? To go. Okay, so that's that's what's happening. Like the dagger mm-hmm. turned out to be more of a distraction as he was actually bringing with his main hand his mace swinging up. Oh, let's nice. let's see how that mm-hmm. goes. Wonderful um, listeners, there are actually rules for switching weapons, but like okay. a good game designer, I ignore like 90% of what I write <laughs> and just <laughs> do what I want when we're playing. So. Right, so let's roll here and we got a, ooh, not, not as great a roll, 9 plus 3 is 12 plus 6 is uh, 18. Okay, uh, 18 will still hit. Alright, so mm-hmm. that's still a hit. Alright, great, so let me roll my damage on my mace, which is 2d4. But the mace has a really awesome kicker. Oh yes, it does. Okay, what are what? 
that is that is two ones. So I do have an awesome kicker. So on a one, permanently reduce damage reduction by one. So what happens? So with two d four, how do you roll? It's basically I roll two ones on the dice. So this has happened twice. So you do two damage. I do two damage, and you reduce his reduction by two permanently. By two, nice. As you Mm -hmm. break his. Wait, did you? Wait, did you include the melee damage for your? Well, no. This is the roll. Yeah. So, so oh, roll. Sorry, okay. Yeah. So oh, the sorry, roll was two plus four is six damage total. Yeah. But because okay. the roll had two ones, it also gets the kicker. Yeah. So yeah. So not much damage gets through, but you can right. see you've created a permanent yeah, area I of damage in his chainmail. Mm-hmm. Like it's bashed and clumped, and it's not as protective or spread out nice. as it should be. Oh, nice. so so ones aren't like ones that suck because you don't do a lot of damage, but they do give you but. bonuses. Right, the, cool. the the concept of I hit really well and now I rolled a one. That's not a thing in this game because yeah, ones yeah. give you, and some of them are twos. Like if you look at the crossbow, it's like a one or two. Yeah. So yeah, every yeah. weapon's a little bit different. Oh, that's I really like cool. that. I dig that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I dig it. Yeah, because that would have been drop. a horrible roll otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna draw from the blue bowl of doom. Yeah, nothing's worse than you're like I take a dagger and I get into his eye for light. one damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, with a light token, it's gonna be the. Uh, fearsome foe's turn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assign it to one of the three knights, but he's a commander knight, which means when he takes his action, he can issue one action to a mob as well. Oh, no. So, all of a sudden, a mob of these men-at-arms, like, swarm over the pew, stabbing with their spears, trying to get in, and their action is going to be basically throwing the pew to the side. Like, there's, like, 40 of these, these you know, poorly equipped, poorly armed, poorly trained militiamen, and they just bash through the pew, and he gets shoved to the side as they swarm into the cathedral. Even with mm-hmm. it being nailed to the floor? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unnailed when you moved it. So oh, that's right. Permanently weakened. That's why you could move it. It doesn't have nails in it. Duh. Wow. This is the only pew they hadn't finished nailing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the knight is going to charge at one of you with his two actions. He's going to charge at Irene. No. Oh, come on, Irene. <laughs> 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 protesting with my silence here. <laughs> Alright, so uh, what's your defense, Irene? My defense is 17. Okay. So he's going to roll his 2d10. Ooh, he is going to hit you. Yeah! Mm. He's going to roll his damage with his sword, which does d12. Oh boy. Uh, and he's going to do a total of 10 damage. So you get your reduction. So that's seven. Yep. So it brings me down to three damage, which is less than my crippling blow. So, so I think no I'm condition, okay. you just take the three damage. All right, got it. And in a second action, he's going to go into a guard stance. And what the guard stance does is any attacks against him have disadvantage, which means you have to roll 3d10 and take the two worst. Um, all right. And there's obviously an attacky equivalent where you roll 3d10 and take the two best. Okay. Um, token from the Bowl of Doom. Oh, it's a French Knight again. Two in a row. This next one's going to charge in. Uh, this one's not a commander, so he can't make the men-at-arms do anything. Um, but he is also going to try to chump shot Eileen. What? They, they're not... They're no idiots. These guys are... Trained warriors, they know. Focus yeah, they fire, it. take take one down and move on. They also took one look at us and went like, yeah, that's that's the capable one. He <laughs> <laughs> just immediately. Go for the woman. <laughs> also, it hurts more because I'm French. <laughs> My country, uh, then. Uh, you see, he was a traitor. Yeah, exactly. He was a traitor. That's just horrible. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're actually missed 
from the first attack, though. Mm. Um, he can't yeah. get past his compatriot who's in the way. But instead uh-huh. of going defensive, he's going to use his second action to attack again. Mm. Yeah. And whip wildly <laughs> with double ones. He, like, <laughs> well. full on, like, trips over the pew and face plants, rolling to his feet with an embarrassed look on his face. He is French. That's why the pews are nailed down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From the Bowl of Doom, a dark token. Woo! I vote me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I vote me. Fair enough. <laughs> well, remember, you can hold it, which means an ally could do something to aid you or set you up as well. Because there's only one French knight token left in the bowl. Mm-hmm. And you uh-huh. have three of you who get to go now. Okay. Right? You're aware of how many tokens there are here. So you can make a tactical decision based on that knowledge. If you, okay. Or you can just go and just murder somebody. I'm cool with that too. I mean, I'm kind of feeling like like someone needs to get some. Uh, I mean, seriously, but if you do with, you are going to be building a narrative about French <laughs> fighters for Amar by now. So, mm-hmm. just so you know, do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go for the the one that um, uh, and hell uh, okay. uh, injured the armor. Yeah, of- that's actually the one who hasn't acted yet. So you're gonna mm-hmm. like walk away from the two who are fighting you. <laughs> it's like, I'll get to you. I'll a different get to one. You. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right. Yeah, it's like, all right, you two, I mean, one one was okay. The other's an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. This guy over here, uh, easy target. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going tactical here. I love it. Let's do it. Let's roll. And that is, and I'm going to be using my, uh, I like this mace. That's the, mm-hmm. the mace sounds cool. So 14, 25. Nice. Wait. Yes, 25. Okay. No, 21. 21. Nice. Either way, it hits. So go to roll your damage. <laughs> and with the mace, it is 2d4. And I got um, a 2 and a 1. Okay. Mm. So 3 so plus your melee bonus, your damage is, bonus. So 8 total. Okay. So, but his, da- his reduction has already been reduced by 2. It's reduced by 3 now. Mm-hmm. And so you bring your mace down and you can just hear, like, ribs cracking like little branches on a tree in the wind just like a series of kind of crack 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 crack. it's like everything in his torso gives way and all of a sudden the right side of his torso kind of looks like a sack of water and he like falls to the ground holding it like coughing up blood uh he is not dead but he is pretty hurt Mm -hmm. you have a second action i do I'm debating. Do I just take him out? I mean, it's a merciful thing to do. We are, we right, are Christians. <laughs> <laughs> this is what God would want. Show some mercy. <laughs> I'm going to take another swing with the... Uh, I'm, uh, with I'm the, not going to make you roll. If you're going to take him okay. out, he's just dead. Mm-hmm. All right, he's out. Okay. You, you end it. It's just like I swung one way with the axe, like forehand, and then, or the, the mace, and then backhanded, Oof. and he's, he's gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. From- and then as, for for flourish, I turn around, pointing my bloody mace at the two that thought that they could take me on. Mm. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Bring it. You killed the guy that had nothing to do with this. Damn. Just making an example. Hey, from the bowl of doom, a Templar token. Mm. Who would like to go? You can assign it to Kristoff uh, or Enhel. Uh, actually, it's uh, I think. Oh, no, sorry, Kristoff no, or Amar. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, Amar sees uh, 
uh, with Irene, like, you know, pointing her bloody mace towards the people who attacked her, he's seeing if there is a slight bit of, like, distraction from that, and he's going to use his long sword to try to stab the uh, the guard that's giving commands. I got a uh, a 10 and a 4, so 14. Okay. And uh, then I have, where's my... Uh, so 14, I got uh, 20. Okay. Awesome. So uh, that'll hit. Go to roll damage. Great. And uh, and then my damage is 12, I believe, with a okay. longsword. And I got, uh, with my longsword, I did 8 damage, and then I add my attack bonus, which is uh, plus 6. So uh, 14. Okay. Uh, this Templar has to check a condition, or this French Knight has to check a condition. He is going to check the uh, bleeding condition. So now he will take two damage at the start of his turn. Oh, great. And do I get to go twice? You can have another action. Yep. And I'm just going to try to, I'm going to see how well this uh, goes. I'm going to attack him again. Okay. Go for it. And I rolled a, uh, three, and a uh, three and an eight. So 11 plus six. So 17. 17 will hit. Okay. And so I got... Okay, let's do 12. One. Ooh, uh, three and a six, so nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'll uh, that'll t- finish him off. He's done. Oh, yeah. So I do one of those classic, awesome, you know, I slash him down one side, and then I do another florist and slash him down the other, and then I put my boot against his uh, stomach and push him into the people he was commanding. So now, now that they're not bench pressing benches they're bench pressing <laughs> the dead <laughs> that's the name of my new uh 90s grunge band bench pressing nice. the dead nice nice all right we only have two tokens left one is a french knight one is a templar knight mm-hmm. oh wait the french knight whose token is left is dead never mind yes we have Even a tem- me we have a templar so- token so uh, the guy that stumbled forward and embarrassingly and sh- slowly picking himself up turns around and sees that two of its ma- his mates are already dead. Oh yeah, and then he hears a wind behind him as like a with, like a baseball. I swing the axe towards his head. All right, just all out swing. Oh yeah. Okay. So that is a five. <laughs> so plus nine does not hit. I assume uh, a total of nine after your bonus. And wow. I rolled a four and a mm-hmm. one. Making it five, and my melee attack is plus four. Okay, are you gonna blame the nails for this one too? (laughs) (laughs) I slip on a nail. I slip on a nail that was supposed to be on that pew. (laughs) So the next, but the next blow. I want to give you this because Kristoff was my character when we played the game, (laughs) Uh, but ethically I can't. So you missed. You have a second action though. I do. So I'm gonna swing again. (laughs) Uh, Twelve. Uh, still no, <laughs> Christoph. Jesus, Christ. I think one of those French. I'm switching. I'm switching dice. I'm switching dice. Fuck this dice. It's that yeah, time. I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> yeah. Christoph was killed and replaced by one of those French mobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three Frenchmen in a trench coat. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. So the uh, tokens go back in the bowl. Everybody's got yeah. a token. Mm-hmm. But now there's four Templar tokens to one French yeah. token. So the odds are in your favor. Mm-hmm. You'd think, yeah. But it's the French token. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I knew it. Christoph. <laughs> no. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Fuck this game. Fuck you. That's Whoa. all I gotta say. Oh, hey Zeus, PG thirteen, no, buddy. We're I, aiming I for PG thirteen. <laughs> Sorry, that's super hurtful. Le- all right, all right. I, I don't apologize. need. I don't need to be here writing this game. I apologize. You. you know, I apologize. I'm just. He's our guest. I'm not angry Jesus. at you. I'm not angry. At, I'm angry at my guest. dice, which I just switched out. It, it helps me feel better. I think it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna roll some dice to see if I can kill Kristoff. Okay. There we go. All right, go ahead. Dude. All right. Uh, Christoph, what is your defense score? 14. Okay, so this French knight, he drops his shield, and he grabs his longsword with both hands. Oh, no. And just brings it around his head in a big downward cut at you. Hey, look, he hit. Uh-huh. It's not personal. No, of course it is. <laughs> um, I gotta look at what the longsword does on a one, though. Uh, so. Ignore damage reduction. Sweet. That's oh, right. oh my. Even the two-handed one, right? Yeah, yep. two-handed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On two ones. He did not get two ones. Okay. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. That's a, oh, thank God. Yeah, because I was like, he rolled an eight and a one. So <laughs> he ignored a reduction. You were taking a lot. Uh, however, he did nine damage. So you reduce mm-hmm. it by seven. So you take yep, so two. Two damage. Perfect. What's your okay. crippling blow threshold? Four. I'm good. All right. You're good to go. Yep. His second action. So he's brought his sword down, and it crashes into you, and you kind of mm-hmm. stagger back. And he spins it around and then drives it right at your chest. Oh, perfect. So why, why, are you, why, are you sh- why are you shaking your head I'm like just mathing if you're dead or not. Uh, what? So he's going to hit you. Okay. Because uh, I rolled double ones. <laughs> his damage roll was 7 and 6 on 2d8, so that's a 13, yeah. which is double to 26. So, uh, huh. uh, I'm mathing in my head. So you take 19 damage. Mm-hmm. That's I took 19 damage, which drops you to zero health, mm-hmm. and is over your crippling blow threshold. Mm-hmm. So, because it was over your threshold, you have to check one condition. Okay, and then because you got knocked to zero, you have to check a second condition. So I'm now both stunned and bleeding. If you want to be. You can choose what conditions. You uh, can check stun twice and go unconscious, remember. Actually, I already have one stun, remember? Uh, stun goes no, away at the start of the next there. action. Oh, yeah. okay. Then I'm just to do both stun then. Stun is the freebie. You can always check one thing as stunned and it goes away in your next turn. You just lose okay. an action. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so I just, I'm just i going to just hit both stun. Okay, so Kristoff goes down unconscious after uh, this this knight buries his longsword in Kristoff's chest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It buries the longsword into his chest. He's taking a little nap. Okay. So question. So basically, it's always considered a critical if I if I roll the same number on the two d ten. Yeah. Right? Two doubles on the two d ten are a critical. Okay. Just wanted to be sure. Yep. Son. You still have to succeed. Like if you roll double ones and whiff, it's not a critical because all okay, you did okay. was right. It has to be a critical and successful. Okay. All right. Great. Kind of like how the mayhem dice works in Planet Mercenary. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Wait, who wrote that right. one? <laughs> I did write Some... that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Hey, it's a temp- you know, it's just Templar tokens from here on out. So yep. everybody Templar's but Christoph can have down. a token. Templar all the way down. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Who wants to avenge Irene, Christoph? go. You need to you need to make this guy pay. <laughs> all right. Then Irene is going to march across the the remaining space between the two of us. Uh still by Mace. Mace was was working out pretty good. Kay. It's uh, you know, bloody and threatening. All right, let's so. do it. Let's see what happens. 
first attack uh, is a 10. Does a 10 hit? A 10 will not hit, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So uh, he, he ducks out of the way of the first one. Yep. Let's see what happens uh, with that second attack with the mace. This French knight's riding high on success. He's He <laughs> thinks he can do it all. Uh, second one, we go up to 17. Okay. 17 hits? 17 will hit. Okay. Thank you. 2d4. <laughs> but I have bad news. Uh oh! You missed, which means the mob behind you gets to act after you're done. Oh crap! You're right. <laughs> they get to act right away, or is it after my? It's after your turn. Action. So finish your okay. second action, and then they'll take their action. Do the, does the mob also right. get the? No, no. The, the Jesus didn't fail. He just he just got hit a lot. I just got yeah, skewered. Okay. Yeah, they should have acted so, last turn when Jesus failed repeatedly. But I was feeling <laughs> like that would be pouring salt in the wound. Why, why, why did you have to emphasize that fact? I just because more than once is a repeat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So damage is nine, okay. and one of my dice is a one, so damage reduction. Okay. So you, you splinter his shield with the blow of the mace, causing it to be less shieldy. Um, and he screams in pain as you can hear his arm crack from the force of the blow. He's going to have to check the uh, the broken limb condition. Darn right he does. Uh, well, All right. The good news is it won't, uh, it won't be for long. Uh, so uh, Omar is going to. So the mob gets oh, killed. Oh, the mob's yes. going to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of course. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to have them just skewer Christopher down because <laughs> that would be a step too far. Just punching. <laughs> They're just dropping pews no, they're just on him. In with salt shakers. <laughs> it would be really funny if they actually picked up the pew he was trying to. Dis- just one guy, the shortest guy, we're now just, the Rudy of. Now we're just. Templar wrestling, they just like pick up the pew and suplex it off. <laughs> wow, that pew was. <laughs> They've got yeah. the pew! That pew was really easy to pick up. He was picked up by Rudy. We loosened it. <laughs> um. All right, so what is. Uh, they're going to go after Omar, actually. Of course, I've killed quite a bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your armor or defense? Sorry. What's your defense? My defense? Yep. Uh, my defense is 15. Okay. So, they're going to hit you. Nice. However, they're going to use one of their special mob actions. They're not going to deal any damage. What they do is surround you, and the only action you can do until they're dead is attack them, because they've, like, enveloped you. So, they, yeah, yeah. I, I get kind of, I'm going to, I, I, Amar raises his sword, ready to strike the commander, but then, like, one of these peasants slams into his back, and he stumbles forward away from his crew, and now he just realizes he's surrounded by, uh, how many uh, peasants? Uh, about 60. Oh, okay, Jeez. well, Amar is uh, not letting that... You're going to be busy. There's three mobs here for you to deal yeah, with. Yeah, he, he's not he's not going to let that deter him. He raises his sword and lets out a scream uh, in his Syrian language. Um, and uh, he attacks. So I rolled a six and an eight. And plus six, uh, 20. Okay. And uh, then I am going to... I got an eight plus 16, a uh, six, I'm sorry, not 16. Uh, uh, so 14, 14 on my first attack. Okay. That'll hit. Go ahead. And uh, the next one is 10, two, uh, seven uh, plus six. So uh, seven plus six, so it's 13. Yep. That'll uh, go ahead. And- oh, okay. That actually hits good. So uh, yeah. I mean, they are peasants. It's a mob yeah. of dudes. It's a really easy to hit. Oh, uh, another another eight. So uh, six. Uh, so another fourteen. So twenty-eight w- uh, with both of those. Uh yeah. So you just start skewering peasants. The rest of you kind of look over, and there's just like a sword flashing up and down, and blood spraying everywhere. 
and the cries of the dying and wounded. Mm-hmm. Great. That's exact. Mixed yeah. mix with the soft whimpers of Kristoff. <laughs> really sweet tableau of pain. <laughs> All right. We have one Templar left. I believe that's me. All right. It is. Um, so, so, it, so this area that we're in, like how much room generally is there? Like, are we fighting? Well, there's 60 uh, yeah, there's sixty people. So I'm guessing there's yeah, there's 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 some range. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in that case, yeah, I'm gonna say that while all this has been happening, uh, Angel basically, uh, you know, he he got off that lucky shot with the mace and immediately started putting distance between himself and the and the other ones because I want to try out that crossbow. Uh, so, so yeah, he's uh, you know, he's he's uh, hanging out near the back. So how many of the of the the big knights are left? One, two. Just one. Just the one, yeah. Then, then that's the one. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, you know flips up his crossbow and lets loose a bolt, and that's my ranged attack. So let's go with uh, clear this to the ten. Uh, that is a nineteen on that roll with a ten and a nine, okay. uh, and plus five for my ranged attack. So uh, twenty-four. Okay, that'll hit. Roll damage. Nicely done. Yeah. So that's a d ten. That's uh. Eight plus five, so thirteen. Ooh, okay. Nice. All right, that'll put him down. Unf- yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you rolled a thirteen, so that means that immediately hits Kristoff. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that in the, the rules? Night. It, it, it <laughs> names Kristoff specifically. If played by Jesus, kill Kristoff. Why is that in the Alan? Why is that in the rules? So it's funny you mentioned that, and. Uh, <laughs> That wasn't an early draft. There's a, well, in one of our games, Tiny Cthulhu, the dedication says if a certain person plays at your table, they automatically have disadvantage on tests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're supposed to check every time you play if you're playing with a particular person. And there's a real person, and it's a role in the game. Oh. So. <laughs> well, Jesus, <laughs> there's a new dedication in this book. It's not Jesus. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, with the knights going down, the men at arms are going to flee. They're done. Mm-hmm. This is. As far as they're concerned, this is over. And they run over me as they as they charge out. They just drag you out with them. <laughs> when they keep the this one, no, um, they bail. Um, so you can quickly slam the door shut and bar them. Pile a few extra pews in the way. Mm-hmm. Now that they've been loosened, right? <laughs> I'm going to kneel down in front of Jesus and I'm going to try to use some healing on him. Is that I have healing at three? Yeah. So what healing does is healing removes conditions. It doesn't restore health. Right. Um, and oh. So I can. Re- but doesn't his? Oh, he's. Well, yeah, he's I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be awake in about two d six turns. So, I'll be, I'm, so, I'll be so we just we just we drag him along. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we drag him along. He's somehow still awake. He's still he's still alive, even though there's a giant sword in him. So we drag yeah. him along. As you're dragging him towards um, the towards the the front of the chapel near the podium, the there's a thunderous crash as the flames have caused the chateau to start to collapse and the roof of the chapel gives way and beams come crashing down. Uh, one of the beams, a massive beam of timber falls, nearly crushing Demolay up at the front and he cries out in pain. You can see one of his legs is cupped. I'm I'm going to honestly drop dragging Kristoff, uh, oh. and I'm running over towards uh, the Grandmaster, okay. and without even a word, I'm going to try to be using like a candle, like an iron candlestick holder to try to okay. wedge it off, but I don't even, this okay. thing is heavy. Yeah. So, 
Uh, but there's a there is a team up test mechanic in the game Ooh. that we can use now. So up to two other Templars can help you, which works well because Kristoff <laughs> is busy burbling on the ground. <laughs> I love this game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, the way it works is one Templar can grant you their skill. I'm probably getting this wrong, but I'm not going to look it up right now. Mm-hmm. One Templar can grant you their skill on top of your normal bonus. So this could be Might Athletics. Okay. So, one Templar can give you their athletic skill. Okay. Uh, so, my Might is two. Anybody else can beat that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. You'll, okay. you'll be... Uh, uh, Amar will be helping you. <laughs> okay. So what's your athletic skill, Lamar? Uh, mine's two. Oh, my, oh, I'm sorry. My athletic skill is three. Okay. And the other Templar, if Hell helps. Uh, uh, I mean, I my might is lower, and I have zero athletics, oh. so can so I supervise? It, there's, there, you, uh, Irene will get a different bonus. So if the first person helps, you get the skill. Mm-hmm. Right? If the second person helps, you also get advantage. Okay, there you go. So you get to roll 3d10 and keep the one you want. Ooh, I like that. Neat. The two okay. you want, technically. Yeah. But. All right. So I rolled four, five, eight. So I'll get that eight and that five for 13 plus my might of four. So up to 17. My athletics of 320. Uh, uh, and uh, what three. was your athletics? Three. So 23. Okay. 23. Well, the difficulty was 21. Woo! Yeah. So the nice. three of you, with some effort, managed to lift the beam enough that Demolay can pull his leg out and uh, get towards uh, safety. That's when I scream awake. <laughs> Swing the sword. Get my axe. Get you. Put, 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 put it down. Put it down. What? What happened? Why? Uh, you said he oh. broke his bone. Uh, is that correct, Alan? Uh, this uh, it looks like he rolled on his leg. Is it broken? Yes. Uh, is it? Uh, can, I'm gonna. I, it's clearly that my I, my character is going to be trying to do healing because I think that's a uh, that's a condition, isn't it? Broken bone. Uh, normally, yes. In this case, it's a narrative thing, though. So. <laughs> he could push me away. There's no time for this. You know, yeah. that one of those things. <laughs> yes, yeah. we must get to the reliquary. And he takes uh, a, like an iron key and he puts it into a hidden lock under the podium. And he turns it, and the entire podium kind of shakes and then moves to the side, revealing a small spiral staircase that goes down under the cathedral. Uh, help me down here. Follow me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I help him since we're no longer dragging yep. Christoph everywhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the, the group of you kind of get down the stairs, and you get into a small room. And small is relative. I mean, this is probably 15 feet by 15 feet. Um, but it is piled to the top. With papers, coins, treasure chests overflowing with gold and jewels, uh, weapons, old tattered uh, banners from uh, crusades in the Holy Land, things like that. Um, uh, uh he, he he picks out one particular chest, a thick chest, uh, stout and kind of smaller, like maybe this big, like a shoebox size kind of wooden chest, and it's wrapped in thick, heavy iron chains. And padlock, and he shoves it towards you. Uh, you must get this out of here. Take it to England, where our allies are, where you will find friends of the Templar Order who can aid you. Philip has betrayed us. Our future is in danger. I go. I cannot follow you with my leg. The fate of the Templar Order rests on your shoulders now. And he points to a small tunnel uh, leading out of the room. Uh, 
And uh, you can hear a French knight starting to come down the stairs. Uh, Amar steps forward and like does one of those cool man handshakes where they like grab each other's wrists. And Amar, <laughs> they just kind of look at each other and Amar nods his head and says, it will be done. Christoph, you're also injured if you want to stay behind. <laughs> Sorry. No. And he picks no. up the uh the box and as he's walking he tosses a glance towards Irene and uh, uh Anel, is that it? Uh uh Angel. 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 And he says, "Grab co- uh, grab some coins. We'll need them for the journey." And as you're saying that, I'm already, Christoph is already grabbing coins. Yeah, Christoph and I have both are like looking guilty with like pockets full. <laughs> right, yes, yes, for the for You're the two yeah, bags with dollar signs on them. <laughs> um as you, as you, Kristoff, uh, you're the last one. Actually, Irene, you're the last one to go. Um, and uh, Dimolay is French, and you know him. You've known him probably longer than anybody here. Um, and he kind of, it's a little, it's a little hard for you to leave because you know he's gonna get captured or killed, right? Yeah. And he, uh, as you kind of, you're kind of doing that, like I don't really want to go. Let me stay and help you. And he kind of pushes you down the hallway, and he says, "Go." Even a wounded old Templar can hold the door against three French knights. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of pushes you out, and he shuts this big heavy door behind you, and you hear it lock. Then you see him throw the key under the door down the hallway so they can't get at it, so it kind of skitters past your feet. Um, and as you all move down the hallway, you find yourselves coming out on the banks of the River Seine in Paris, right as the sun is rising. Uh, holding this chest and covered in blood with the instruments of war. And you can see the chateau burning behind you in the night or in the early morning. Um, and you can hear the cries and everything going on back there. Why would Philip do such things? We have done nothing to warrant this. I say, I'm sure that's not the case, but <laughs> in my mind, we, we're like superheroes. Yep. What, what other reason? Greed. And I hold up the bag, my get bag of gold with the dollar sign on it. <laughs> <laughs> we must find passage immediately. And yeah, we're, uh, we're darting off into the woods, like off the trails, because I'm sure Philip has some sort of like covering there. Well, you're still in Paris because the sign bisects Paris. So you're kind of like right by where Notre Dame oh, is. Oh, so we're in a city. So yeah. you're you're in yeah. Paris. You got to get out of Paris. And we're, first. and we're dressed in Templar like armor. Mm. So like we we got to go. I I don't know Paris. I don't know if this is was So it, Paris is a city and the sign is like right down the middle. Oh no, no, I, what I'm asking is like would Paris have oh. like at this point some sort of underground sewage, caverns, anything like that? Uh yeah, I mean that stuff was pretty medieval, so. Yeah, I kind of mm. want to I say we try to escape through the sewers. The catacombs. The, oh, the catacombs. catacombs. Okay. Yeah, we're going to skip through the catacombs. We'll end there for the demo game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, so this this is, a uh, uh, yeah, if we would, I would love to give our thoughts on this, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and as you give your thoughts, I want to talk about some of the things that you don't see in a one-off that the game oh, has. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, okay. Do that first. That I think do that first. Yeah. So the biggest thing the game does is it doesn't define what the conspiracy is. What it does is it presents a series of dials you can turn that tell you, the, let the GM, also called the Grand Master, uh, determine what is real in the game. So there's the journey, and you have England, Portugal, and Malta, which is the home of the Knights Hospitaller, a sister order. And so the GM can say, you're supposed to get it to one of these places, and they correspond with how long the campaign is supposed to be. Oh, okay. 
And that tells you what rules you're supposed to use. So in a long campaign, you use the full journey rules. You use the pursuit point mechanic that's in the game. In the England game, which is short, it's only supposed to go, you know, five to eight sessions. You don't use any of that. You just don't worry about rations. You're just going. Right? So it's got these dials, and it tells you what modular rules to pull in and put out. And obviously, you can mix and match outside of that on your own. Sure. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's yeah. super cool. I, I do I like the pursuit that. mechanic, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, yeah, yeah that's, that's very cool. Well, and that goes to the downtime rules. So when you rest, you rest in a city or you rest away from people. And based on where you're resting, there's different downtime actions you can take. So it's actually easier to remove pursuit points in a city because it's easier to blend oh, in okay. mm-hmm. and not be tracked. But you're more likely to encounter people telling people about you when they follow you. Right? So there, And you, can, like, you can't level up outside of a city. You have to find somebody to train you or repair your equipment or what have you. But you can do other things in the forest that you can't do in the city. And so you have to make the decision each time you rest. Where am I going to rest? What am I going to do? How are we going to spend our downtime actions? Um, and then one of the other dials is how mystical the game is. So there's a there's nothing mystical. This is just straight historical fiction, right? The Templar wealth was gold and coin and stuff right. from the Holy Land. There's, the, there's some mystical stuff, but it's not the Templars. So like, that chest might have an idol of Baphomet. And that might have a mystical thing, but you can't really get magic or anything. It's just this thing exists, right? So right? Indiana mm-hmm. Jones version of like, yeah. Right. And, the, and yes. there might be enemies that are mystical or something that show up, right? If it's aliens at the end, I'm going to be very disappointed. Right. <laughs> um, but then there's something called, well, I, I think I call it infused, but it's basically wild ass everything goes. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like you can get magic from the Library of Solomon. You get these weird esoteric martial abilities that are almost... Uh, like superhero or kung fu movie kind of abilities. You can drink from the Holy Grail and get blessed by the archangels. Each archangel gives you a specific blessing. Nice. Um, I have an appendix of 70-something demons from the Ars Goetia that each give you a different benefit if you make a pact with them. Ooh, that's a that you have a lot yeah, of I, I, I like really this. do like the yeah. the different elements that you give the ability yeah. to go from like you know real to uh fun uh, in my mm-hmm. case yeah. uh, hey. I, know, hey. I know i'm never hey. huge on historical uh historical um rpgs right. but i like the fact that you can mm-hmm. change that up and i really do my favorite is not like the super magical i love the subtle magic and that's like my right. that mm-hmm. that is like when you that's like my favorite thing so the fact that you have like the indiana jones of don't look mm-hmm. at this idol and that's about it as goes for magic i love that that's perfect yeah so it kind of has all these different dials that the Grandmaster can play with when he starts the campaign. And it tells him how or her how to structure the campaign in such a way that it puts guide rails to make it easier to run. Because as a GM, a lot of times we just say, okay, GM, go do your GM thing. And we don't tell you anything. And when I was like, no, we should do better. And so the GM facing side actually has almost as many rules and they're less hard and fast, but they're more like, if you want to run this kind of game, here's the things you want to use. Almost like a pick list, like a recipe. If you want to make muffins, here's your ingredients, right? If you want to make a three-course, like, cake dessert thing, here's your ingredients. And if you're going to, like, make a creme brulee, full-on, like, burning tort kind of thing, here's what you need, right? And so you can kind of craft the structure of this game to your group's needs from a GM perspective, and it will help you know what you need to do in, within some guidelines mechanically. I would love to read that section. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the GM advice portion of books anyway, because I, I do think it's really interesting what kind of guidance a, a book gives. And yes, you're right. There are so many books that are like, 
here's it's like the GM section is like here's the nitty gritty combat rules that your right. players don't really need to worry about. It's mm-hmm. like, but but how how do I game? Right. How? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I when uh when I wrote it, I really tried to say you know this is the tools for the GM. I think the cool. the playing the game chapter is thirty pages, and the GM chapter is like forty pages. It's actually longer mm-hmm. than the core wow. rules for the game. Neat. Yeah. What what I especially love besides being at the blade end of it is I did like the combat system you had you had especially the fact that mobs can't affect you unless the character makes a mistake. You are superheroes, but if you screw up, then the minions can have a chance of getting back at you. So I really enjoyed. Yeah, that I, I I mean, like I said, we brought in. Uh, there's a game called Rotted Capes where it does a for you know for skills and attacks it is two d ten plus whatever. Um, but I feel like this does it a little bit better. I mean, it's hard to compare because one has to deal with like, you know, zombie bites and stuff like that. But I like this, uh, combat. It was easy to go through. It's, it, it, it kind of hits exactly what Fandible likes. Like there's too much crunch and then there's like, uh, apocalypse world where, which we hate because it's like no crunch at all. This is, this is enough crunch that you kind of appreciate the, the work behind it, but not too much that it bogs it down and slows it down. And I think you've, di- you've done some really clever things here, such as I love, I love, I love. And I think this is a unique thing, uh, that I've run into. I'm sure there's other games that tried it, but I love the fact that if you roll low on your damage, that's not bad. Like so you, cool. if you get so a one cool. and you know, yeah, you might, you know, just nick them, but you hurt their, you know, their ability to do this. Mm-hmm. You hurt their ability right. to do that. I think that's really clever and something that I, I almost now that I've experienced it, I think all role playing games should have something along that mm-hmm. lines because again, nothing's worse than me saying, okay, you shove your blade into the end of their like throat. For two damage, it's they're fine. You know, it's it, you know, it's, it's a great mechanic that you have there. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the combat system. It, it, this game started out, and it was never written this way. But when I was when I outlined it, it was originally a five E hack, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And I kept changing combat because I don't like five E combat, and I kept changing combat, and I kept, and I'm like, I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to write my own thing. Um, and so that's where, like, the conditions... Yeah, you have hit points, but hit points are really a way to gauge momentum in the fight. Mm-hmm. Not It's just a way to tell you who's winning or losing. Right. You, right? Those conditions are what matter, and tactical use of the conditions will get you a lot farther than worrying about your mm-hmm. health. Um, you know, and so I, that's why the crippling blow... That I, Nothing's worse than, like, I'm a level 10 fighter. Well, you got stabbed with a critical hit with a dagger. All right, I took eight off my 70 hit points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, cool. Yeah, way to go, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, yep. you know, and I didn't want that. I wanted something that felt like, yeah, you're tough, you're good, you might not get hurt, but a, like a random lucky swing on the battlefield might take mm-hmm. you down. I, I, so just more visceral, more realistic combat, as well as realistic as you can be when you're mowing down minions. But like, well, and you, you could always die, there's a good chance you could die. Like I don't know, fall unconscious after 19 damage. I I <laughs> wanted something that was narrative narratively realistic without being simulation yeah i mean yeah. right yeah, definitely that and that's what that, yeah. a lot of uh, games that we've tried even like unhallowed metropolis which is very high fantasy in its own way but when it comes to combat you're like i'm like level seven or whatever they do and then you get shot and you're like okay i'm in the hospital for three weeks uh <laughs> and i have a, a bunch of my intestine has to be replaced it's like this isn't right. fun <laughs> like 
what I really liked about this is I felt that this was a visceral combat, that this was very realistic, but it didn't get in the way of itself. And that's coming from a guy who, as soon as you said, oh, this is kind of a historic game, I'm gonna, I'm like, oh, God, I hate these things. I really – so this is a high endor- uh, endorsement from Billy, uh, or as you called me, uh, Gutta. Uh, mm-hmm. In my defense, that was your <laughs> was my <next>. Zoom day. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, this is a really good combat system to the point where I might have to hack it for something that I want to try once or twice because I, I really do enjoy it. I see mm-hmm. it. I like it. It's mine now. I'm <laughs> exactly. <doing> it. <laughs> no, it's yes, exactly. Yeah, I think this is really, really cool. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for for sharing it with us, Alan. Yeah, thank you so is much. Is going to be yeah. a, well, Is this going to be a system you. that you might just like recycle for other like? You're doing the Knights Templar here, but like this is a great uh, a great system for yeah, this is like a fantastic system. I don't yeah. know cowboys so, and uh, uh, cowboys and uh, like cowboys or the French Revolution or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't have any. So this is published by Osprey, not Galenite Games. Mm-hmm. So if it was published by Galenite Games, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's also mm-hmm. published by Osprey, and I'm not sure I want. And like I own the rules, so I mm-hmm. I theoretically mm-hmm. could. I guess. But I also am happy to kind of let it stand on its okay. own and mm-hmm. roll those ideas forward into other games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm sure some, if any if anybody who reads all the books I make, there are threads of game design ideas that are kind of always being iterated of upon course. in later books, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they're very obvious. I'm very clear, like, I like this mechanic. This mechanic is in all my games, mm-hmm. but I change it and tweak it every time because I want okay. to see if I can make it better, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so And so... I'm sure parts of this will show up. I don't know if, like, I would say I'd do the whole system wholesale again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when I write a... Especially when... I love designing extra... Different new rule sets. Like, for me, mm-hmm. that is my favorite part of game industry work. I don't love writing settings. I don't love writing adventures. Oh, the exact opposite like, of me. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I am I am a rules wonk. Like, oh, I am in there going... Mm-hmm. Fantastic. How, when, and I care about... When you roll dice, how does that make you mm-hmm. feel? Mm-hmm. Both emotionally and tactically. Right? Like, mm-hmm. rolling the dice should have an impact... And so, like, this one with the mace, right? Yeah. Rolling those 2d4, yeah, you get two ones. Hey, awesome, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's a tactile moment that you get because it's 2d4, not mm-hmm. anything exactly. else. Because ones mm-hmm. are way more common on a mace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Because right? when I first saw that, it was like 2d4 or I could do a 1d, a 1d12. I'm like, I'll never use the mace. But as soon as I realized ones were a thing, I'm like, oh, there's there is a mm-hmm. tactic. Oh here. yeah, I was just like I'm I'm never going to use any weapon other than a mace. I, 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 I was just yeah, I use the axe mainly because axe, but also because I was hoping to shatter a shield. With and that one. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, my whole thing was I kept switching between. Them. I was like, these are all dope. Yeah. I want I want. Yeah. I just want to yeah. be trying yeah. a different well, one each time. And that's your starting kit. There's more weapons in the game mm-hmm. that are different sure. and not on that character. Sheet. Um, mm-hmm. I have. A, I'm curious. Uh, why did you decide to make a game about the Knights Templar? Have you always been kind of really passionate about this time period? Yeah. Or uh, yeah. So when I was in college, I studied two hours of history when I was working towards a history degree. I studied Viking Age history and I studied the Crusades. Mm-hmm. And specifically the Templars, because they're kind of, in a lot of ways, an early advent of the modern financial system, <laughs> which I find really interesting. Yeah. Because they basically invented, not invented, and other people did it, but they sort of popularized, and then it never went away, the idea of deposits. Mm-hmm. Like the King of France, like, I'm going on a crusade. Here are Templars in Paris. Here's 10,000 pounds. 
and they'd write him a note, and he'd sail on his boat, and when he got there, he'd go to the Templar treasure ship in Yaffa and be like, hey, Templar treasure ship, here's my note. You owe me 10,000 pounds. So they would hand him 10,000 pounds. That's, that's very cool. And they were one of the first major institutions to kind of, like, there, were, there was credit, and there were, you know, things like that. But they were the first thing to do that, like, on this wow. scale, especially, and during war, it was very profitable and different. And so I've always found them interesting. And then the more I researched them, uh, the more I was like, this is really a very different, the Templars were an entity that is kind of like nothing that exists in history in a lot of ways. They were sanctioned by the church. So they were sanctioned by a religion that said violence is bad to do violence. <laughs> they were sanctioned by a religion that said holding money, charging interest is bad to do all of those things. <laughs> and they were sanctioned to forgive debts, forgive sins and co-opt things. They functionally became a Catholic nation dispersed through all of Europe. Mm. Hmm. Which is why Philip hated them. They they were hmm. as powerful as France, but they were in every nation. Right. No, that, hmm. that that's really neat. And if they wanted to, and like there there was no lineage, there was no like my son gets to be king. Like you earn being the next grandmaster by being basically elected or called. Right. So it was a meritocracy of a sort. Right. But it's a meritocracy that had a vow of celibacy, which means you can't corrupt. Oh it. yeah. Hmm. Oh. You can't marry into it. You can't co-opt it. It oh, only I, answers to one thing. I, I am curious. Uh, like, so you oh, said, wow. like, uh, and it's professional yeah. soldiers. Yeah. So the best trained <laughs> and equipped soldiers in Europe. So you said, uh, like, oh, wow. you said, like, like um, the first part. You're like, oh, the system is like 30 right. pages long. The 40 pages is going to be for GMs. Uh, do you write any of the history uh, in your book? Because mm-hmm. yep. I'm like one of the few where be, if someone said to me, like, yeah, there's like 30 pages of system, 40 pages of GM notes, and about an, uh, 100 pages of just setting and like just talking about it, I'd be like. Need to get this book. Love it. Mm-hmm. So I, yes and no. So to give a full history of the Crusades and the Templars, would of be course, several books on of its course. own. Mm-hmm. So there's like a ten page snap of how the Templars were founded, what happened in the Crusades, where Europe is today. Oh, fantastic! Because every campaign starts on Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> 1307. Of course. October 13th. I like that. It always, every campaign starts with you fleeing the chateau. Great. Mm-hmm. That's, and you're, and there's only 30 Templars who get out. And so if you die 30 times, you're out of characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's like, there's this 10 page, like brief synopsis. And I have a bibliography at the back if people want to learn more. I'm like, here are the sure. books I used. Um, and I also talk about how I just made shit up. I'm like, mm-hmm. a lot of this, I just was. Because it's about conspiracies and things that didn't really happen. So I'm just throwing mm-hmm. stuff at the wall. Uh, who, yeah, who, who wrote the uh, Da Vinci Code? It worked for him. So right. it's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, there is about, I do spend maybe 15 pages, and this is in the GM section, not 15, sorry, maybe 10, talking about a more detailed history around the founding of the mm-hmm. Templars and all these different conspiracy threads you can pull on. Mm-hmm. And like, so there's a, there's some chunk of that. Well, that's fantastic. I love the fact that this book mm-hmm. has a game, but also if you're a history buff, just to be able to read that and just get uh, kind of acclimated to this whole time period and also give them mm-hmm. a chance to kind of like live that lifestyle. It's almost an mm-hmm. academic, uh, an academic study of itself. Uh, I mean, you could say mm-hmm. that to your teacher and try to get credit, but I don't know if they'll believe it. But <laughs> I don't think no, but I, I really okay. do uh, appreciate uh as one uh, person who digs history uh, to another, uh, this this seems like a really cool purchase. Well, thank you. Uh, so I guess that's all mine. I, I think I've I've spoken enough. Uh, but uh, overall, Alan, this seems uh, fantastic. Really fun. Oh yeah, definitely, really like definitely. It. You got Billion who hates these historical type games. Usually, I so. like history. Just I Good hate job. realism. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, as the historical game aficionado, you've also got my stamp yeah. of approval. Thank you. As a fan of violence, you, I appreciate it yeah. even more. Yeah, as somebody who <laughs> normally likes uh, high fantasy magic, I like to know that there's a slider there that will allow me to wade into combat double fisting yeah. holy grails. So, uh, <laughs> Well, it's, it's more like wait into a tavern, double fisting, holy grail. I mean, yeah, either way it works. Yeah. In fact, I prefer no. that one. But yeah, though, I appreciate you folks letting me on to run. Uh, it's always fun to come on Fandible and get to participate. So. Not, yeah, not a problem. That, then with that, uh, thank you, Ellen, for introducing us to your fantastic game, which is available at Osprey. We'll put a link in the show notes when it is officially out. Uh, this is Jesus and the rest of the Fandible crew, and we are out. Hey, everybody, this is Billy from Fandible Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We loved having you here. If you want to follow more of Fandible's crazy hijinks, go to our Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Fandible or at Facebook at Fandible. I know, we're creative like that. If you would like to do more and support us, please feel free to go to our Patreon and donate. Uh, Your donations help us go to cons, buy materials, and just keep our radio equipment working. Thank you so much, and remember... The ink monster wants to eat you!